Hey guys, this is Lynn and welcome to the Drive Through Moms podcast. Each episode, we're talking to moms about their life before and after kids, how it changed them, their daily hurdles, joys, struggles, and how God is working in their sphere of influence through them. I started this podcast after a nudge from God to share with other moms as a way of encouragement, but mainly it was based on a few verses out of Acts 4 when the disciples had been questioned by the leaders in Jerusalem about what they were doing. But the leaders said about them that they could see that they were common men, but that they had been with Jesus. And the disciples' response was that they couldn't help but speak about what they'd seen and heard. And I don't know about you, but I want that to be able to be said about me that I can't help but tell other people about what God's done in my life. So I'm so glad you're here. Here we go. Hey guys, happy Wednesday. Welcome to Drive Through Moms. Today we have the pleasure of chatting with Miss Christy Thomas. Christy's a homeschool mom of three boys and an author of several books for Christian parents, including Quinn's Promise Rock and her most recent book, which is a family devotional called Fruitful, 100 Family Experiences to Growing in the Fruit of the Spirit, as well as she leads a pretty special community helping parents um, to learn more about pouring into their own children. So I'm super excited to hear about that as well. So welcome, Christy. I'm so happy to have you. Thanks so much for having me today. Yeah, of course. So tell us a little bit about you. You're in Canada, which like we were just talking about before is a little different from Texas. So tell me a little bit about your family and kids and kind of life in Canada. Absolutely. Well, it's probably not too much different from life in Texas, except we make maybe wear more layers, but <laughs> true, true. Maybe a little more snow. <laughs> yeah. I started out wanting to be a pediatrician and that ended up with me getting a science degree, but then starting to work in children's ministry. So I spent my entire career, like my working outside the home career in children's ministry, working as the children's ministry director at my church. And I loved it so much. It was such a good job. And I learned a lot about family ministry on the way too. And over time, the family ministry aspect of it started to become more and more my passion. So then a few years ago, I was able to quit my job there. We still attend that church, but I quit my job there. And now I get to minister online to families while I minister to my own, obviously. So I have three boys and they are Oh, this is birthday weekend. So I'm about to have an eight, <laughs> 10 and 13 year old. <laughs> oh gosh. So whose birthday middle? Two middle? of them. The ones oh, on the two? outside, the eight and the 13. Oh gosh. Yeah. Two at once. That's, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it's spring break here. We planned it really well. We had two babies on spring break and one on summer holidays. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Which so we had, really a little, great. had a little bit of break. So you got a couple of parties then this weekend. So that's yeah. fun. Exactly. My husband was a teacher for a long time and now he works for the school board. So he's always had spring break and summer holidays off. Which is great. I come from a family of educators. My parents are both teachers. I'm certified in French. Um, Never taught, did my student teaching and then um, decided, yeah, that's not for me. Um, (laughs) And so having those breaks, especially with family and having, you know, a little extended vacations through the summer with your parents off was always kind of fun. Um, we got to take a little bit more time with our parents than probably most kids that have mm-hmm. those extra, extra summer times. So, so tell me about, so you homeschool. So tell me what that journey has been like. Have you always homeschooled or was this something <laughs> that you started in the middle of the process or how's that, how'd that start? Uh, we have tried everything. <laughs> we went to a Christian school, a local Christian school for a year with our oldest, and it wasn't really a good fit just for our family. It was a great school, but it wasn't a good fit for us. And then we went to a public charter school for four years, and that was pretty decent. But then the 
opportunity arose for us to homeschool. And my oldest was like, yeah, I want to do that. And I also really wanted to do that. To be honest, I'd been wanting to do it for years, but had never had the courage to try. And then we kind of pulled our middle son into it. He spent two days in grade three and I was like, uh, you need to try out this whole homeschool thing. So the third day he did homeschooling with us. And <laughs> the next day we picked up his stuff from school and he's been home ever since. And then our youngest has been homeschooling with us. Right. So that's been right. fun. So we've been doing it. This is our third year now. We started six months before COVID. So great timing. I'm really glad Rob God prompted me to do that then. So what's something has that's been maybe a unexpected something that you've seen during homeschooling your kids? Um, have you had any, you know, something you didn't expect maybe that was good or that was a struggle for you? I think I didn't expect that I would personally grow so much. I knew it wasn't going to be easy. My oldest and I, I always said, if I homeschooled you, we're going to kill each other. <laughs> yeah. We heads all the time. Yeah. And unexpectedly, our relationship has grown so much better just by having to work it out all the time. And I also get to see the best of him instead of you know, in the mornings when he's rushing to get to school and then in the afternoons when he's just exhausted and anxious and tired, you know, he's not at his best either. So now I get to see him all day and I have been really able to see him grow in wisdom and maturity. It's been pretty fabulous. So, I mean, we still have our bad moments. Sure. <laughs> we maybe want to get close to killing each other <laughs> or at least leaving this room so that we're not in the same place. Sure. But, um, but yeah, just I've grown so much in patience over the last few years. I, <laughs> I don't even think I'm the same person that I was three years ago, to be honest. Well, I can expect that that's, I mean, to be honest, that's probably the biggest reason why I told myself I would not do it is because of my middle, which she would agree. Um, we're both very similar and we butt heads quite a bit. And I thought this would not be good. <laughs> this would not be good for us um, long term. But I think, you know, to your point of having to resolve conflict maybe multiple times a day because mm -hmm. you're working through it and you're spending more time together that I can see um, that that growth be a positive thing. Um, I have a friend here that has five, five kids and she's homeschooled, homeschooled all of them from the beginning and her mm -hmm. journey to watch um, has been pretty amazing. In fact, I had her on the podcast early on. She's fantastic. I love her. Um, she's got a great Instagram where she's constantly sharing homeschool info. So she's a great person to follow too. So, um, so how do you feel like maybe your background? Cause I know, I don't know where you got into writing as a part of, um, what you began to do maybe after you left uh, ministry, full-time ministry work as a paid job. Um, how did that transition, you know, what were you writing before you started homeschooling or before the job or mm. after kind of how did that flush out? I was telling stories as a child. I, when I first published my first book, my friend was said to me, you know what? I remember you always telling stories when we were little kids and I loved writing actually as a child and I wanted to be a writer for a long time, but then kind of my parents steered me towards science because they were saying, you know, you probably can get a better job if you <laughs> go into the sciences and I like the sciences. So I thought, okay, the funny thing is God just then steered me right back around. So even in my children's ministry jobs, I did a lot of writing. I wrote curriculum for our classes. I wrote puppet scripts and stories. Sure. And actually my very first book is a collection of take-home pages that I had written for our church. I was trying to find something that they were actually able to do at home. I found that a lot of the stuff that 
our curriculum was offering us was too complicated for our families. And I wanted something really simple that they could just sit down and do like once per night and get into a habit of doing. So I, my first book is called Wise for Salvation. I published that one in 2015 and it's a preschool devotional that gives you something really little to do every night of the week. Well, five nights a week. And then actually it's being republished next year by a publishing company which is pretty exciting for me. That's awesome. So it went from a self-published to a publishing, picking it up. Yeah. So in the meantime, I've had four other books, but so I I had written Quinn's Promise Rock and Quinn Says Goodbye before I quit my job. And I knew that they were coming out. They had already been contracted. So that was one of the reasons why I quit was because I wanted to have time to market them and do the things necessary to get them out in the world. So I actually had about a year where I had quit my job and I was just working from home a couple days a week. And then we started homeschooling <laughs> and my husband was like, wait, right. you quit your job so you could work from home and now you're homeschooling. And now what? you're homeschooling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like how, yeah. How do you fit all that in? Um, which it is, it's time consuming and the, mm-hmm. just the marketing side of it. And, uh, even just what I, with podcasting, um, my boss also does a podcast, um, and just the the time it takes for the content part of it and the and the social media part of it. So that along with just your normal life of being a mom and, you know, all the other jobs that you have at home. So that's pretty amazing that you've been able to do all that with um, that God's laid on your heart. So how do you feel like the roles that you've done um, in terms of your ministry job and now that you've um, been homeschooling, how have what What's been something that you've seen during the homeschooling journey in your ministry that's led you to writing your latest book, Fruitful? Uh, Well, a lot of it came from my background in children's ministry, because in children's ministry, I mean, you ask any volunteer or children's pastor, and they've, of course, used Fruit of the Spirit curriculum because it's fun. We get to use cute fruits. We get to write joy on bananas and (laughs) and eat fruit salad and stuff. And yet uh, there was always something that kind of niggled at the back of my mind that that wasn't just something that we're not, we're missing there when we're communicating it to kids. Uh, So I, through that, and then through my work with Hope Ground Faith, which is my membership site, um, we were doing a study on the fruit of the spirit once. And I realized, you know what, if the fruit of the spirit is truly fruit that comes from the spirit and Jesus and the Spirit are both part of the Trinity, then Jesus should be exhibiting all of the fruits of the Spirit. So I started just researching, how does Jesus show love? How does he show joy and peace and patience? And then kind of starting to communicate those things to my kids and talk about them with the women in my membership site. And eventually out came this book. (laughs) Yeah, so... One of the things that I love is a good word picture. And when I was going through and kind of reading, doing a little bit of background, you know, reading on you. And one of the things that you have up on your site says, I believe that every Christian woman, every Christian mom can confidently nurture deep root, deep faith roots in her kids through tiny habits that add up over time. And then at the beginning of the book, you have this letter to the parents, which I love. Um, like I said, I love a good word picture because mm-hmm. it just sticks in your brain because you can mm-hmm. picture it, obviously, hence the word. Um, and so you say at the beginning of it, um, basically, sometimes it's like God growing. It's like growing spiritually and it's like trying to roll out a pizza dough. I squish it with my rolling pin only to have it snap back to its original shape. I roll it again and it snaps back, but this time it's a little wider. It takes a lot of tugging and rolling to get that pizza dough to conform to the pan. 
Growing spiritually is similar because we tend to grow a bit, then we snap back like a pizza, elastic pizza dough. But the Lord tugs and rolls our souls again, and we grow a little, only to ooze inward a little once more. And I think that is just a fantastic picture of how, you know, the growth process as a believer um, and and God fleshing out those things in us that really, you know, He's trying to weed out. Um that process of being rolled and stretched and moved and and so that those spiritual things that come out, you do see more love manifested and more joy manifested and peace and patience, kindness, goodness. So anyway, I love, I love that. So how do you really go about explaining that process to children through the book and maybe <laughs> give us an example of one of your favorites? Cause it's, you know, it may be, like you said, maybe that's why in some curriculum and children's ministries, you do just see, Oh, let's talk about fruit. But getting it deeper, how do you explain that to kids in the book? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, one of the problems I realized with the way that we were presenting the fruit of the spirit to kids is because it's kind of confusing because it's a metaphor and kids are, their brains just often aren't ready to receive metaphors until they're, you know, mid-elementary. Um, we were turning it into kind of a moral lesson for kids or a to-do list. Like, okay, you need to be loving. Let's practice being patient. Let's be kind. Let's be nice. And that is not the gospel at all. I mean, the gospel is that Jesus came to (laughs) save us from all those things that we fail in. And he is the perfect one who was always loving and always kind and always good. So the approach in the book is that we grow in the fruit of the spirit by abiding in Christ. So we spend 100 days with Jesus. We're just looking at Jesus. For example, we see how he shows love, how he talks about love. Um, And then instead of striving harder to practice love, we fill up with the love of Jesus. And then we let it grow the fruit of love in us. It's kind of like real fruit. If you think about how fruit grows on a tree. Like if I have an apple tree and I want it to grow more apples, I don't say to the tree, okay, back up this year. You're going to grow more apples. Let's do this. <laughs> Instead, right. I have to make sure that my plant, my apple tree is pruned. I have to make sure that I'm that I've given it the right fertilizer, that it's getting enough water, that there aren't enormous spruce trees around it shading it out. I have to make sure that it's got the right all the right situation around us. So with our kids, our job isn't to make them grow more fruit. Our job is to introduce them to the living water and the water or the the light of the world, who is Jesus, the living water, who is Jesus and the spirit, right? Our job is to help their roots grow down deep into God's word, which is a metaphor right from the Bible, right? May your roots grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. Those are all metaphors from the Bible that help us. We can kind of use them to explain it to our kids, but we can also use them to understand what we're doing with our kids. We're not forcing them to be kinder. We are helping them know this amazing, glorious Jesus that we have and the love he has for us and the kindness and the patience he has toward us, the gentleness he has towards sinners. And as we get to know him more, he is going to work in our hearts and help us become more like him. And there is some aspect of, yes, we have to partner with him in that (laughs) we can't just be like okay jesus make me gentle (laughs) right right and it's that nurturing side of like you said of um you know when you have you know you just given the example of the tree and making sure that you know the sunlight's there and what do you do as a parent to um talk to them constantly about the lord and and shape what their experience is um you know and i know one of the things that you do with your membership group um in talking about what does that look like in um, not only mentoring your kids, but really 
making your relationship with Lord and teaching them about God and teaching them about Jesus life on the earth and his um, sinless example and what it looked like to be loving and what it looked like to be patient and what it looked like to be kind um, and teach them those examples like the Old Testament talks about every day about we, while we walk by the road when we, you know when we go to bed at night when we get up in the morning that it's so much a part of our day and so much a part of the little things that we do that add up over time um, you know our pastor's been preaching a series on rhythms um in spiritual formation and what it looks like. And I know you have a heart for what those rhythms are like for moms, because I mean, let's face it, it can be completely overwhelming at times feeling like we have to have it all together and have, you know, um, this long laundry list of things to do. Um, and some families can find it, you know, difficult to have devotion times if it's if it's just strictly you know strictly that um mm-hmm. and some people really struggle with it i'll tell you it's funny because when our kids were little we struggled with it um we struggled with a structured time you know of like okay we're all gonna sit down and have a family devotional and i will never forget my kids would all attest to this we were reading a story of in the old testament about abraham and the you know his lineage and the people that were in his family and we came across the word uh, the name Milka that was in his family line. And we had three elementary kids at the time, um, elementary, middle, middle school. And just the word Milka alone rendered this massive laugh with the kids. They just thought that name was hilarious. And we were done. Like, okay, devotion time is over. <laughs> we didn't rein anybody in. You know, you're they're making moo sounds and talking about cows and milking the cows. And I'm like, okay, this is not what I had in mind, you know. And so I think sometimes we think it's um, – just this one setting. Well, I can't, you know, disciple my children because we can't behave, <laughs> you know, yeah. just this thing, or I'm going to, you know, um, you know, we had a one in our church and our kids went to one, which was great, but it's not the end all be all. That's, mm-hmm. that's a one day a week thing. Um, but it's more about what are you doing at home with your kids on a consistent basis? So tell me a little about your rhythms of faith and your hope grown faith that you have with your community. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that we talk about in Hope Grown Faith is that we often have this mentality that it's go big or go home. And if my kids lose it when I'm reading the word Milka, then it's not. I'm not even going to try for another right. month because I've obviously failed in some way to make them take it seriously and they're going to be in hell or whatever. Right? Yeah. We kind of go a little bit crazy with that sometimes. But yeah, so we think it's either go big or go home. Well, I say, well, let's go home. <laughs> um so we want to do little things in our day that really add up over time. So often I give this example of, you know, have you ever seen this example of like the jar of big rocks and little rocks and sand? Yes. Okay, yes. so I'm going to turn it on its head though in a second. So often we think that you have to get all those big rocks in and then, you know, those are the priority tasks, right? Like emptying the dishwasher and making sure our kids are alive and <laughs> feeding them and making sure they're not sick and caring for them. And it's, keeping our own sanity as well. Those are the big rocks. And then there's the middle rocks and the sand. And, you know, it says in that analogy that you have to put the big rocks in first and then you the middle and then the sand. And that's the only way to get it all into your day. Well, if you think of faith as one of those big rocks, you're going to, and your jar is already full. You're thinking, okay, I, in order to fit 
put this faith routine stuff in, I'm going to have to take something out. Well, do I have to quit going to soccer? Do I have to stop music lessons? Do I have to stop unloading the dishwasher? (laughs) How am I going to do this? Right. But instead, if we think of God as the sand, that gives us a beautiful picture that really fits with that Deuteronomy 6 verse where God is talking about, like, talk about me when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up and when you're eating just all these little tidbits during the day, those are the things that add up to a lifetime of faith. All these small things are going to feel more natural than if you try to force a one-hour family right. Bible study once for a week. Sure. There's nothing wrong with a one-hour Bible study once a week if that's what works for your family, but it doesn't work for most families. And we look at other people that are doing that and we say, oh, well, clearly I'm doing it wrong or, and I'm not equipped to do that. And, I, you know, my husband's not interested in that. So how am I going to make him participate for an hour? And, and then we just build this thing up into our head till it's so big that we just don't even try. And then we feel guilty. But instead, right. if we think about it as the sand where these faith habits are just in our day. So for, for example, I did not grow up I did grow up in a Christian home, but I didn't grow up in a home that talked about God. My parents' faith was very private. In fact, there was a time in my life when I wasn't even sure if my parents were Christians because they were so private about it. They didn't talk about it. I was the one who was like, can we pray not just a rote prayer for meals? Yeah, <laughs> I was no, the I one that. like making Advent candle candle things and Advent candle wreaths and like, can we do this together? Sure. <laughs> and, and now I look back and see there were things that my parents did that really did highly influence my faith. I remember seeing my mom kneeling beside her bed praying. And I knew that my dad prayed every night and I could hear him pray sometimes if I stayed up late. But So I didn't really know how to talk about these things regularly in my day. And as a children's pastor, I knew how to create a lesson and implement a lesson within like the children, you know, within kind of like the schooling context. I knew how to talk about God when we were reading the Bible, but I didn't really know how to bring him into daily life. But now that I've established all these little routines in our home, you know, we read the Bible together at breakfast and we pray at mealtimes and we I spend some time together with them at bed. So these intentional little moments... And my kids have just grown up thinking, well, this is just a normal thing we do. And so then they're just talking about God all the time. So now they, it's natural for them, even though still sometimes feels unnatural for me, it is totally natural for them to just be like, yeah, like, what do you think about what God did there? (laughs) I'm like, well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think a lot of times too, it's not just that, you know, um, all those, all those things that we do that maybe are a structured setting, whether that's going to church on Sunday or we had children's choir or we went to Awana or mm-hmm. we had a Bible study. And, you know, through middle school and high school years, our kids always had, we, you know, they're, um, we called them hotspots, but they had a group that met at our home and, and we loved it. And so it's not just those structured times, but it's also little decisions every single day, you know, when your kids are in public school or even if they're homeschooled or like, okay, well, let's talk about how you just talk to your brother or let's talk about the the book you just threw at your brother across the room or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's those, those moments of having those conversations um, in the moment or even circling back. My kids, um, like I said, are older. My youngest is 22. My oldest is almost 30. And we have a lot of those conversations now in retrospect of, you know, as an older mom, you look back and go, man, what did I do wrong? Where did I mess up? Or how, you know, what could I have done better? And I think that's why people look forward to grandchildren so much because, or they enjoy it so much because they're like, oh, second chance. (laughs) Um, But just going back and having those conversations of these are the things that, that um, 
we're thankful for that they did see, that they did see us argue every now and then and then come back and say, hey, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Um, you know, and realize that that's, that's the process of God filtering, um, you know, sin and showing us sin. And boy, does he show it to us, especially through the eyes of kids um, and sanctification as a parent. Um, and so... I'm totally with you. I love, I've never heard that analogy turned upside down like that. So that's pretty amazing. I love that a lot. Um, I was reading this morning. I was going to share this with you. I was reading this morning about the woman at the well at John four and God brought something to mind fresh that I hadn't seen before. You know, you read something and you, you know, especially like you said, if you've grown up in the church and you were, you know, became a believer at a young age, you've heard some of these stories a long time, but God just brought this fresh this morning. And, um, The verse really struck me in regards to the conversation that we were going to talk about today. And after Jesus has this conversation with the woman at the well, you know, she leaves and goes back into town and starts telling people about her encounter with this man that must be the Messiah. And John 441 says, and because of his words, many more became believers. So Jesus is at the well with only this woman. Hmm. Yet because he talked to her and she repeated those powerful words that he shared with her, many other people became believers. So she was just the vessel to repeat what she knew and what she had experienced as true in her own heart. But because she repeated it and because she, you know, like as parents and as moms, we're repeating what we know and what we've experienced. um, It enabled other people to hear and then make the choice of whether or not they wanted to follow Christ as well. And I think that's just, the whole point of parenting, you know, we're, we're not trying to only raise independent, self-sufficient, you know, grow up, get a job, take care of your, your family, be nice, you know, just the general moral law, um, but outside of being a believer, but we're trying to nurture them to know God, to know his words, internalize them um, and grow up to make that faith choice themselves to believe in Christ so that they can share with others. So um, I love everything that you're doing and empowering other parents and moms, especially through the, through your books and the platforms and able to, um, you know, share with parents that that's what it's about. I mean, it's about a lot as a mom, like you said, Mm -hmm. but that's, that's the goal. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking what you were saying with the woman at the well, I wanted to add something because she didn't know very much. She like was an outcast. She was not a Pharisee. She didn't know all the rules or she didn't even hear Jesus' whole sermon. (laughs) She didn't even know all the stuff about him, you know, dying, all that part. It's just, hey, I'm living water. Yeah. Yeah. She's just like, hey, come and see. And so she just shared what she knew and brought them to Jesus. And I think that's what we can do as moms. Often we feel like we're not equipped. Maybe we feel like somebody else could do a better job, like our our pastor or our husband or, you know, the mom down the road could do a better job, but our job is just to share what we have. Right. And go to Christ. I think that's a lot of what, you know, when it goes back to when you were talking about a lot of times parents or we don't feel like we're equipped even to go in and work in a class or talk to a friend about the Lord in a particular area because we don't know it all. We don't know all the scripture. We don't. And, and, and I mean, none of us, to be honest, will know all any of thing this side of heaven, right? There's we will understand everything, but sharing our own experience and what God's done for us Um is the key to me. Is there anything else that you would want to share in words of encouragement um, in terms of your devotional or how you think fruitful could really help, or maybe your, um, your community platform that you would want to share with families? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're a mom who's 
wanting to do these kind of things in your family or wanting to go deeper and not really sure how to get more, have more time. If this idea of, you know, God being the sand in your life instead of the rocks is appealing to you, you can look up on my website, Little Shoots Deep Roots, and you can find a free registration for a a webinar there. But I would just say in general, if you're feeling unequipped, just start with something small. Habit science actually tells us that the easier something is, the less motivation we need to do it. So when we're making things easy and fun for our families, it's a lot more likely to get done. So it's a lot more likely that you're going to be able to pray a 20 second blessing prayer over your child at bedtime while you're snuggling with them, then you're going to be able to get in a half hour Bible study at first, right? It may grow to something like that, but you got to start small. And sometimes we have this thing like, Oh, I don't want to start small. That's, that just seems like it's going to take forever, but we do have quite a few years with our kids. (laughs) Yeah. It's okay to start small and grow slowly. I was, I went to over to my website the other day and I, (laughs) look was looking at some stats which I don't do terribly often and I apparently since I started my website like several years ago it had one million views and I thought oh well that's kind of cool but I realized you know I haven't been like busting my butt to get those one million views over what six years (laughs) it's nothing like magical or anything but I haven't been busting my butt I've just been faithfully showing up most days writing something fixing something on my website posting something, just being faithful in the small things. And God takes those small things and he makes them beautiful. I mean, if you look in the Bible, God loves to use our weaknesses to show his strength. He doesn't need us to be strong. He wants to be strong. So when we're willing to start with something small, to allow God to work through our weaknesses, he's going to do some really beautiful things in our family. So the goal of fruitful within that is that it's just something really easy. It takes like three to five minutes to read the devotions. They're not very long. You can use them with little ones. You can use them with 13 year olds. I've had parents tell me that they're learning things from them. So it's just like a really simple teaching and a Bible verse and discussion questions. So you're actually growing together. You're not just reading something and then walking away from it. You're discussing it and praying about it. And so, but it doesn't take very long. So it's hopefully one of those small habits that you can then fit into your day. And then once you're done with that, you can find something else. Maybe that's a little bit longer. Who knows? Right, right. No, I love that. And I think that that's, that's very big. You know, we hear a lot about the word being something being sustainable um, mm-hmm. nowadays. And so doing something that is, you know, a spiritual discipline in, in a lot a lot of respects, but you're doing it in a, a small enough of a habit in a small enough of a time frame, so that you can make it sustainable so that you can, um, you know, it's great to have goals and big ideas of where you want something to go. But if you, if you start, like you said, if you start too big, are you going to be able to keep it up? Mm-hmm. Um, and doing something small that you can, you know, i I miss those times with my kids when they were little. And, and yet I know that even for me, um, I had some girls on the podcast not long ago that um, have a, um, a platform where basically they talk about as moms, how do they um, spend time in God's word every day? And one of the things that really stuck with me that was super convicting um, was, you know, am I, am I spending time um, with the Lord before whatever it is that's super important to me? Well, for me, it's working out. I mean, and <laughs> that's super transparent, but um you know, I was like, wow, that was super convicting. Am I making, I'll make sure I work out 
but did I really spend time with the Lord today one-on-one to grow my own faith? And so even if it was just something small, so I just kind of set this small thing in my mind for myself that, you know, I'm going to make sure whatever time I'm doing with the Lord, whatever quiet time is going to look like, that needs to come first. If he's first, he's first. And Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that that happens first before I get to whatever else I have on my plate for the day. And being able to just make that small tweak for me, um, has been so huge and time with the Lord has been mm-hmm. so much sweeter because you know, you talk about hungering and thirsting after the Lord, the more you start reading mm-hmm. um, and the more time you spend with them, the more nuggets he just gives you. Like I said, even like today, like I've read that, you know, a lot that scripture through the years um, of being a believer and he just gives you something new every time. So sometimes it's just a small change of when and how you're doing something. But anyway, so I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. So we can obviously find you at little, little shoots, deep roots.com. Super cute name. (laughs) Um, And then also on Instagram under the same name, right? Yeah. Little shoots, deep roots. If you want specific activities to go with the fruitful book, you can go to fruit of the spirit book.com. Okay. As well. And then that actually leads to my website. So it's just an easy thing to remember. (laughs) Okay. And then I'll link all those in there in the show notes. And then I know you have, um, uh, this will probably come out a little bit before Easter. So I know you've got some Easter devotionals in there as well. Um, that would be great going into the Easter season. So, um, anyway, thank you so much for Christy for being on today. I so appreciate, um, getting to hear a little bit about your story. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, for listening, for sharing some of yours as well. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope we got we were able to share some encouragement with you guys today and look for ways to share the love of God with your kids in your life. Until next time, happy Wednesday. Hey, thanks for listening. It's pretty amazing to see God put people in your path and then hear their story of what He's doing in them in their sphere of influence because that's different for everybody. So that's my challenge to you and myself. What is God asking us to do and what are we doing about it? He's called us to share what He's done in our own lives with the people around us. And I think that's pretty cool. Check out our review page on Apple Podcasts and you can find it in my link in my bio on Instagram at Drive Through Moms. But until next time, happy Wednesday. Thank you.